guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast, where we are talking about following Jesus in an anxious post-Christian culture. My name is Andre, and I'm one of the pastors at Living Word Bible Church in Ferndale, Washington, and I'm here with my wife, Leah, and we are here to talk about a, a very interesting topic today about examining uh, our sources, examining who is it that has influenced us. Yeah, really considering who have been the teachers of our life i there was like a few weeks ago when you read either an article or you were reading a research paper i read paper, you a quote from dallas willard and it was so profound and it caused us to have like this entire conversation about who have been our teachers mm-hmm. and what it takes to actually identify who have been your teachers yeah and then well, examine and, that and unpack that yeah and to backpedal a little bit the concept that we're discussing here is the fact that no matter who you are, where you are, where you come from, you have been shaped by someone and something, mm-hmm. right? We have been all discipled by people in our lives. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about discipleship, we're not just talking about the strict definition of learning your Bible. When we talk about discipleship, we are talking about the formation of your soul and your mind and your heart. And this formation process is going on in our lives from our earliest days, we're shaped to become who we are through our experiences, through our context and surrounding, through the people who instruct us. And so in that context, um, I was reading a book by a guy named Dallas Willard on discipleship. And this is what he says. He says it's a really interesting quote. He says, it is one of the major transitions of life to recognize who has taught us, mastered us, and then to evaluate the results in us of their teaching. This is a harrowing task, and sometimes we just can't face it. But it can also open the door to choose other masters, possibly better masters, and one master above all. So notice in this quote, he he says, it's one of the transitions of life one of the major transitions in our life when we start to become aware of the fact that we are all influenced and we're shaped by things, by people, by voices, by ideas. Um, we're all looking up to someone and something and to recognize who those voices are. Mm-hmm. And not just to recognize the voices and the ideas, but to evaluate them. And that's, that's why and I think... not just evaluate them, but what they've accomplished in you and what they've done in you. Right. And the it, result of that. Yeah. To evaluate in yourself their results. Like, what kind of person has, you know, this made me? Has my family made me? What kind of person have my friends made me? What kind of person have the books that I've read and the people that I've... The teachers that I've listened to made me? What kind of person has my church community made me? Yeah, I think that sometimes maybe we hear that question and we think, okay, well, what are the people that have been the biggest influence in my life? Well, I don't think that's exactly accurate to think because we we start to think, oh, who have I, which theologians have I read and which pastors have I listened to most in my early years? Like those definitely have an impact on us, but I think it's more of a broader uh, looking at your entire life and the impact because a lot of times people are not someone in authority over our life they're not someone who's trying to disciple us or trying to teach us but they inevitably are still right discipling us they are shaping us and that is you know the our home life growing up our parents well those they're trying to shape you but a lot of times like friends yeah um 
just social media like who you follow is shaping yeah. you yeah um so many things the culture yeah. around you the things you choose to let into your life is leaving its mark and changing who you are right and the other misleading thing here is that it's like well i grew up reading john piper and he's amazing um that's not that's not exactly what we're talking about here you have to evaluate okay well john piper has influenced you but what what kind of impact has he had and mm -hmm. what are the results of that impact mm -hmm. because oftentimes the person themselves so there's two two things here first of all we will likely find uh flaws in the people who shape us yeah and that's why he says this is a harrowing task mm -hmm. it is very uncomfortable to acknowledge imperfections and flaws in the people and the sources of instruction that have been your fountain of life. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable for us because we like to elevate people to godlike status and because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our teachers can do no wrong, mm -hmm. you know? And then the other side, we flip like, oh, if this person has these flaws, then nothing that they say is good and accurate. Mm -hmm. No, that's not true either though. And this is where like, the, this is the complexity. Like this person, maybe he's taught me about the love of God. Mm -hmm. But maybe also this person has made me a little bit imbalanced in this other area of my life. You know, yeah. maybe maybe I've been so all about the love of God and it's made me really lack discernment about God's righteousness and holiness. Mm -hmm. You know, or like, so the person and the source of instruction in your life can be a good person, but mm -hmm. the results of their instruction on you can be mixed. Right. We are not... We are, we are, you know, and so like when you have like people who are like in history, people who teach some movement, a lot of times the followers of that person are way more extreme than he is. Right. And that person himself would have never gone along with his followers, you know, but mm -hmm. he has passed on and they have taken his ideas to new extremes. Mm -hmm. The influence of the teacher or the source of discipleship is often not the same thing of that person themselves. Mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable for us to acknowledge mixed results in ourselves. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable for us to acknowledge imperfections in certain things we were taught mm -hmm. and how we think because it makes us it makes us like, oh well, should I question everything? Am I certain about anything I, I thought? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that that's where I think we don't like to do that. And that's why he says it's a harrowing task and some people just can't face it. Or if you grew up in a really hard family situation. You know a really difficult church situation and it's just too painful for you to examine mm -hmm. the sources of that made you mm -hmm. but this is really important because i think again as dallas willard says you acknowledge your teachers as human beings when you do that you can receive the good and have grace on the not so good yeah and i think like we're right now talking about people who have had like a positive influence people who have taught us biblical truths and theology um, I think it's a lot easier to examine the negative impacts of someone. Maybe someone has hurt you or maybe you were in a church community that uh, was dysfunctional and unbiblical and you were really burned by that and, and to discuss the impact that has had on your life, on your spiritual growth. But it's much harder to examine the positive influences in your mm -hmm. life, people who you because really we don't value. Like to question our heroes. And maybe it's your family. Maybe your family has taught you like excellence is everything. You you persevere, you work really hard and you 
you excel in all that you do you you have all the nicest things but you and you really value that in yourself because you see how it's building your family but it's hard for you to see that actually all those good things also cause you to be really critical of others who don't measure up mm-hmm. to the same level of excellence right and your brothers and sisters in christ who don't can't quite do the same things you can because you were raised a certain way you look down on them because you have that so the positive things that you appreciate and you you take with you we have to learn to be like okay this is a good thing but also could it be that i'm imbalanced here could it right. be that i'm too harsh or too critical or have high standards that i shouldn't have for other people right yeah, this is, I think, where like we see a lot of tribalism in our culture today, where people <clears throat> people just want to attach themselves in, in a simplistic way to an idea or a movement and call, call everybody else bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where a lot of like tensions and maybe conflicts in relationships and church life in the community can happen, where we don't realize why it is that we dislike certain people, or we don't realize why we're judging them. Mm-hmm. based on things we were taught that we weren't fully we haven't fully processed mm-hmm. you know that's why i think the the latter part of that quote he says why this is so important it's very difficult to question and to like you know almost like bring down bring you know bring the gods down sort of like the people who have shaped us the family influences everything down to human level and be like you know there's a lot of good that i received here but also there's some mixed things and some things that are not so accurate mm-hmm. and um to be able when you can do that then he says you get you 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 open up the door to be able to choose new masters and then he says possibly the one master Mm -hmm. so what he's saying there is a healthy mature christian life means that you appreciate you value people who help you be a better follower of jesus you you value your teachers you value your mentors and you are conscious about choosing who is mentoring you. You are conscious. You're not just like, well, I've been following John Piper since my early days, and that's that's all. That's mm-hmm. it. That's he is he is everything. Mm-hmm. He's the only person I listen to, or mm-hmm. you know, he's my only guy. Like I, this is my only go-to guy, or whatever. Um, it means that you are a person who is um, appreciating and valuing and choosing what kind of influences am i going to have in my life what kind of friends what kind of mentors what kind of voices and and things Mm -hmm. like that and why that's so important is because when we kind of detach from all this all the ways that we've been shaped we are humbled Mm -hmm. and we become more conscious of how much we are really attaching ourselves to christ Mm -hmm. the one master he is the one discipling us through it all Mm -hmm. he is the one who sends us all the influences through family, through people, through friends, through social settings. Yeah. Um, like, like you know, in the Corinthians, Paul is like challenging them, saying, you guys are all divided in your church. You're like, oh, I follow Paul. I follow Paulus. I follow this guy. The whole church is divided. And he's like, no, like it is Christ who is the head over them all. And you can have differences among each other in the church. But when you have this healthy detachment and conscious awareness that I am a student, I mm-hmm. am a student and I'm always a student, you can appreciate your teachers, but you're not going to become tribal and antagonistic. Right. Because your really deepest allegiance is the one master yeah. who leads all of us. And and no earthly teacher is going to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
another side to this whole conversation, I think, is there are people who are our teachers, but then there's also a lot of our life experiences that are our teachers and our right. mentors. And those are much harder to examine mm, mm-hmm. because say you, you grew up and you never really had successful friendships. Mm-hmm. All the Even like from elementary school, middle school, all the friends kind of came and went. No one really stuck around with you. There wasn't that loyalty. That taught you something about people mm. that they're not to be trusted. So mm-hmm. now you're deep into adulthood and you kind of keep everyone at an arm's length. You don't really share or say someone you, you did share your heart and someone went and told other people. That was such a big learning lesson for you that you let that dominate all other relationships mm. in your life. And you don't really examine that. Right. You just... You just said, this is what I've learned and this is how it is. I think that's really dangerous because we get stuck in these ruts of like our life experience has taught us something and we don't want to break out of that because we've never really examined that there are other ways. There are other experiences that can also teach us, hey, guess what? Some people are trustworthy. It is worth being vulnerable. It is worth pursuing friendship and building community. Um, I just see that a lot where people... Where will come to deep com- conclusions mm-hmm. from their life experiences mm-hmm. and they let their life experience be their biggest master. Right. Because my life was this way and it's taught this me. This is how so it I is for- know. Yep. Rather than like, maybe that is how my life is, but I could have new experiences, new healing right. things that can help me grow out of that and give me better right. relationships. Well, and this whole evaluation, that's really good. It What it does is like, it makes you be able to say, this was my experience with my friendships or whatever, with my family. Mm-hmm. But I'm also aware now that this is not everyone's experience. Yeah. Some people grew up with really good, loyal friendships. Yeah. Hmm. I want to learn more about that. Right. You know, like rather than just putting this like broad brush, you know, I've had these experiences and this is how life is. Mm-hmm. Um you are caged in by the limitation of your experience. Mm -hmm. And when you evaluate, you realize, oh, you know, the results of my experiences have caged me in and I need to to not do that. Mm -hmm. I need to say, oh, there's more. And I can can grow, I can learn, I can be open and realize, you know, not everybody has had the same experience Mm -hmm. and I can benefit. My life can be enriched in new ways if I break out of this cage. You're never stuck. Yeah. If if I don't allow the assumptions of my past to dictate my present, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those assumptions must be examined. Yeah. And allow new life experiences to teach you. Allow God to use other people that you're not familiar with or used to, to teach you that things can be different. You know, even a lot of times like we... We grow up in a certain type of family and we're raised a certain type of way. And so we, we, we stick into those perimeters of like, well, I I wasn't raised in a very affirming household. Therefore, I don't know how to be affirming to my children. So I don't really know how to affirm my spouse or children. So this right. is who I am. Well, look at the ones who have, who know how to affirm and learn right. from them. Ask them questions. Be like, that's interesting. That's so foreign to me, but I want to learn. Right. Rather than just settling with like, well, this is. I wasn't raised this way. This is how I am. And being remaining stuck there. And I just, I see that so often. I even see that in myself where I'm like, certain things I, I experienced, it's formed something in me that I think is the way life is rather than challenging that. Just right. because it's my life experience doesn't mean it's, I have to be stuck there. Right. Because that's the other, here's the other thing. When you're stuck in, in your own like master's 
past experiences, um, you're gonna inevitably view other people through the lens of your experience. You're interpreting all of their experiences through your lens Mm -hmm. versus realizing that they may have very different experiences than you. Mm -hmm. And that could be of benefit to you. That could be wisdom. That could be encouragement to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think why this is so important is because it ultimately goes back to your view of the world and your view of God. Either you are the center of your existence or what is this world? Well, this world is broken, but it's also the world that displays the glory of God. And Mm -hmm. it is the place where God is working redemption Mm -hmm. and he's working redemption and restoration in a thousand different ways that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. And if you learn to open yourself up to that, you, you can be enriched by the variety Mm -hmm. and the presence of his grace in other people's lives, Mm -hmm. you know? And just like you have your story, and you're free to share it and free you're, you're influenced by it but also be curious about the saints around you and their stories how they were built by their upbringing by their friendships and and learn from that and invite that kind of impact into your life because the more variety of perspective you have the more you'll understand that you are just one person with right. one perspective, with you're not one that special. experience, yeah. and you can misread so much of life just because your lens is so narrow. Right. Broaden your perspective by letting others teach you, letting other stories impact you, letting other people right. give you something to walk away with and chew on that you have never considered. Well, and one of the reasons why, why do we do this so much was because like one of the reasons is also like our culture is like, this expressive individualism, like you're taught on social media everywhere, you're taught that your inner world is reality. Your inner world is your reality and that's it. Mm -hmm. And what they're trying to say is this is liberation because you get to be whatever you are inside. But Mm -hmm. that's actually not liberation, that's prison. Mm -hmm. Because you're a little finite broken human and the world is bigger and more glorious because this is the playground of, it's the stage mm-hmm. of God's redeeming work and glory. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to break out of that and to realize there is a big world outside of me, there is people, there is grace, there is wisdom, there is power, there is so much to learn because this is the world where God is present, mm-hmm. where his kingdom is at work. Like you break out of that and you realize you're not that special that the story outside of you is so much bigger and so much more interesting and exciting. Mm -hmm. And you can break out of your own like thinking about yourself all the time and taking others in. Right. Delighting in what God is doing. And it's it's pretty amazing that like people are God's greatest masterpiece. Like Mm -hmm. what he creates in, in his children all over the world is the most interesting form of art, I think. And to become a person who's curious to draw that out on people, to examine, like, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're all works of art. And to see the beauty in, in someone and being open-minded to what God has accomplished in them, though it's so radically different from what you thought God would ever do or could do. Right. You know, we have our subcultures, our tribalism. We have this context of, like, Baptist Christianity and then we see someone worshiping God in such a very different way. And we're like, that's, we just say no, you know. And obviously there's discernment. There's things that are unwise. But I think 
examining your teachers and realizing they are not the same teachers that everyone else has. And they're not as perfect as you thought they were. Yeah. Well, and but here's the thing. I think the l- last little rabbit trail that I would want to poke at is in order for you to undertake a healthy process of examining your master's, like you must grow in biblical discernment. Mm-hmm. Like um, we have, this is why in our church we talk about like we have to grow, we have to read, we have to study our Bibles, we have, we have theology classes. Why? Not because like we just want to be bookish smart people. Like that, be, becoming smart is not the goal at all and that doesn't make you holy. But God has given us his word and it instructs our hearts and our minds. It straightens our crooked thinking. It, it's a mirror that shines back and shows us the dark places and the broken places inside of ourselves. You must take your discipleship into your own hands. So there's a tension here that you're always being discipled by somebody, right? It's not like, well, I'm not listening to anybody. I have no human teachers. I only have Jesus. Um, Dallas Willard says, no, you're like, you're, you, you break out and you choose other mentors. And like God structured the church in such a way where other human mentors and teachers are essential to your spiritual growth. God has created the church with hierarchy and growth. Like that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But there's a tension between relying on your teachers and taking responsibility for your own spiritual depth and maturity you must grow you must pursue growth you must Mm -hmm. pursue biblical knowledge and understanding and healthy categories of how to discern what's true and what's not true Mm -hmm. what the bible teaches on different topics right like Mm -hmm. when you because a lot of people are just i think a lot of people just go to church and they're just like well my pastor said this yeah yeah this is it this is as far as they go yeah it's like if your pastor disappeared what would you be Mm How would you make your life decision? Are you a disciple of Jesus who is not only receiving discipleship? Yes, that's good. You listen to your pastor. But are you a disciple who says, I must be equipped to Mm -hmm. choose my teachers and I must be equipped to disciple other people, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you take that into your own hands, you just, you're going to, you read your Bible differently. Yeah. You're like, I need this book. I got to read it. I got to grow you listen differently. You listen to sermons differently. You're not just like, what did he say? You're also thinking, how, why did he say what he said? How did he prove his ideas based on the Bible? You know? I think that one of the signs of this grow, this growth in this area is um, you start to ask questions. You start yeah. to ask deeper questions. Instead of just answers, you don't just questions. swallow and be like, this is what it is. Okay. You start to have a curiosity that leads you to deeper questions, to deeper examination. And you just become a person who's constantly asking and growing and deeper asking, questions yeah. and being like, huh, I need to learn more about this. I need to grow more here. I want to know more because so much of our life is just like, we just take it in and we just, right. This is how it is rather than like a deeper curiosity a deeper questioning what was also super interesting in that book dallas willard it's the the book is titled the divine conspiracy um but he said this other interesting thing in the same chapter i think he said um one of the most important in your spiritual development one of the important things in your spiritual development is not just that you're receiving a ton of information or that you know the right answers to stuff he said one of the most important things is that you are you are uh, shining kind of the flashlight on things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're, you're asking, he said, you're constantly paying attention in your heart and your mind to the things that don't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. And you're asking questions about that. 
you know, because that, because we've all met the person who is like, you know, listened to a sermon series or read a book on something and they just know everything now. Right. And they're just teaching everybody black and white categories, mm -hmm. no questions here, just answers. Mm -hmm. And then there's the person who's read a mountain of books and who's, who's, who's asking about the, the connections. How does right. this make sense with this? How is it that God is so beautiful and sovereign and, and holy and yet he allowed these things to happen? You know, like you focus yourself on asking questions about the things that don't quite make sense and you pursue growth and you mm -hmm. ask God for wisdom and you grow, you know? So that, I think that rabbit trail is important because yeah, definitely. you're never going to be able to examine your teachers if your teachers are everything you know, if they right. are your saviors, right? Your teachers are humans. They're given to you by God. Mm -hmm. Your family, your social settings, everything, all of that. You're a creature of your experiences, mm -hmm. and yet, you have agency. Mm -hmm. You can rise above that. You can grow. You can pursue the work of the Spirit today, mm -hmm. and God wants to teach you to be engaged in your growth. Mm -hmm. And so it's that tension. At the same time, I am a disciple. I am being taught. I am humble. I am submitted to the teachers in my life. And yet, I am uh, I am independent in a sense. I, I depend on Jesus. There's an independent priesthood to every believer. And the one master of all is Jesus. And I can stand on my own two feet and I can map the way of how to follow him. And I can look carefully for the people around me who are doing the same thing, mm -hmm. you know? So hopefully that's, you know, throwing some, throwing some new wrenches into your, yeah. your thinking or putting a, putting a rock, you a little bit. putting a rock in your shoe, you yeah. know, to think about your spiritual formation, your journey, how, how much are you pursuing maturity and how much are you just being a victim, a creature of your situations? Mm -hmm. So I think that, when we discover this, we discover that there's such a great world of, I've personally been just like so amazed at how big God's story is, how many Christians, how big the story of church history and the various ways that there are faithful people. So many examples. Um, and how many people you can learn from and really. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. It's just like a, this diverse buffet of beautiful truth and wisdom. So hopefully that's encouraging to you guys. Let us know uh, if you have any questions or thoughts. Let us know on uh, Instagram. Just check out the Wellsaid podcast there. Leave us a review on iTunes if you have any thoughts. That helps other people find the show. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you again soon.